This is the Cardinals Insiders Podcast presented by AZ Central Sports. Download the Cardinals Extra app on iTunes or Google Play to get the latest episodes, as well as in-depth coverage from our entire team all season long. Well, the NFL season has started for everyone, except it would appear the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what a brutal way to open the season. A 24-6 loss to the Washington Redskins, and it was never really even that close. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that the team did pretty much nothing well, and now they're 0-1 to start the 2018 campaign. And they get no break either. Up next is the 1-0 Los Angeles Rams, currently a 12-point favorite at home for Sunday's game. Uh, so before we talk with our insiders about how the Cardinals can turn this around and if there's any hope for an upset, let's set the table here and get to know the Rams a little bit. The Rams are fresh off a 33-13 win over the Raiders on Monday Night Football, a game in which they outscored Oakland 23-0 in the second half. Running back Todd Gurley, the reigning Offensive Player of the Year, had 108 yards on 20 carries. Jared Goff was 18 of 33 passing for 233 yards and two touchdowns. Newcomer wide receiver Brandon Cooks had a team-high five catches for 87 yards. Uh, Slot receiver Cooper Cup also added five catches, 52 yards, and a score. The LA defense, littered with newcomers like Ndamukong Sue, Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, completely handled the Raiders in that second half, and Peters put a stamp on the game with a pick six, complete with a Marshawn Lynch-esque crotch-grab dive into the end zone. So, the Rams are entering week two feeling pretty good, rightfully cocky, Let's talk now with our insiders Bob McManaman, columnist Ken Summers, about what the hell happened in week one, the hopes for week two, and just how high on the panic meter Cardinals fans should be right now. We are joined now by insider Bob McManaman. Real quick, open-ended question for you, Bob. What happened out there on Sunday? I, I, yeah, I, I'm like the Cardinals. I, I buried that already. <laughs> it, was, it was too many things not to like about it to remember. Um, everything you could go wrong pretty much did except for special teams. And when, you, when you're when you that far into it, you're, you may as well tear it up and start over. And that's exactly what this team did. Yeah, after the game, the Cardinals kept talking about how they knew it was a poor performance and they were confident it wouldn't happen again. So, what are they saying this week as they prepare for a division foe? I uh, I talked to Trey Boston, one of their leaders, or safety, uh, and I, I said, so how, I mean, Wilkes had told us Wednesday that the practice was high energy. It was a great way to return after a thumping like that. But I asked, I wanted to know what the players really thought. And I went to Trey Boston, who's a pretty straightforward dude, and he goes, we had a meeting Monday to talk just about how we were going to come out and practice today, meaning Wednesday. And um, everybody took it as um, a challenge to, to their, uh, you know, to their manhood, quite frankly, that if you don't bring it Wednesday, we can't count on you kind of an attitude. And he was getting really riled up just talking about it, but he, he, he was happy because every seemed every single player seemed to meet the standard today. Um, and that's a word they like to use, meeting the standard, um, playing up to that expected level that Wilkes has tried to ingrain in them from day one of preseason um, and back in the spring practices. So uh, mission accomplished, according to Trey Boston. We'll see how it translates the rest of the week and into Sunday on the road against one hell of a tough po- opponent. But 
they feel really good about themselves Wednesday, and that's that's what that's I think that's what we wanted to hear. Yeah, they exited that game on Sunday relatively injury-free. Just had Andre Smith left with an elbow issue. I saw that he's day-to-day at this point, so no major injuries there. So it could be the same groupings we saw in Week 1, or do you foresee any performance-related changes for Week 2? Well, you're not going to see much of Hassan Reddick again. He's been rotated in, mostly out of the starting linebacker core. And that's a, that's a big news that we're going to hit on this week, Ryan. I talked to Hassan Reddick about that, and he's not happy, but he aims to prove the doubters wrong, including this coaching staff. He can only do what he's asked to do. Uh, he's not happy, as I said, and he plans to do something about it, but it's hard to do when you're playing mostly special teams and you're only on the field for 14 snaps, which he was on Sunday. Having said that, Marcus Golden returned to the practice field. That's huge. I don't yeah. know if he's going to play, but when you get Marcus Golden and that motor guy going, you, you know he, he can create a lot, of, a lot of havoc for a lot of people. Yeah, that'll certainly help the pass rush. But, I mean, stopping the run was probably the biggest issue against Washington. Um, now they have to face Todd Gurley, who was the Offensive Player of the Year last year. So, obviously, he's pretty good. Um, can they improve on this, or is this about to be like a 200-yard game for Gurley? I mean, it could be. Uh, they'll have to prove they can stop him. Now, they've done it before. Uh, uh, that was a different L.A. team. Um, it's a better, much better team now, mostly on defense. But Gurley is just as dangerous as ever. I think he's getting better as he gets older, uh, and he's younger than David Johnson. I think we all have to – none of us can re, uh, believe that, but it's true uh, that he's younger than David. Um, this guy is a special talent. It's going to take everybody getting to him quick. Uh, and the defensive line just has to play much better when it, it got pushed over and raked, really, by Washington. I mean, they just tore through him and knocked him off the ball. It was embarrassing for a lot of those guys, and I think they took it personal, just like Boston was trying to say. Uh, they better show up, or they're going to yeah, they're gonna eat it again. And they obviously weren't much better offensively, so what is going to be the plan this week to actually sustain some drives and maybe keep the defense nice and rested this time? Well, they have to, you know, they, the three and outs have to stop, first of all. Um, otherwise, you're going to see a similar performance, and that's just terrifying to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to not go away from David Johnson so quickly. I, they, they did, I get it, because of the flow of the game and how they were behind. Uh, but Sam Bradford talked about the importance of including all of his wide receivers. As I wrote in Tuesday's paper, it was uh, 80% of them weren't even thrown to uh, by all accounts. I mean, it was five targets and one catch by guys not named Larry Fitzgerald. That's not going to cut it. Uh, when you have only five receivers and you're only throwing to one, basically. And David Johnson, I know he's your probably second-best pass catcher, but you've got to spread it out. Look for them to do that against the Rams. That's very important. And they have to do something more besides dink and dunk their way down the field. Eventually, they're going to have to get one of these guys open on the outside and hit them for 20, 30-yard completions. They need splash plays, not dink and dunk trickery. Yeah, I think one of the more surprising things watching that game with Sam Bradford specifically was he's supposed to be this super accurate quarterback, and a lot of those passes just sailed. That interception he threw was not even close to the receiver. So was this just a bad game for Bradford, or is this a sign of just an older guy who maybe doesn't have it anymore? I don't think he's lost it. I think he was nervous. I think he's worried about the knee. Uh, I think the game plan was ultra-conservative and uh, it was to not make mistakes, and 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 I think he played a little scared because of that. I think if he was allowed to go out there and really just uh, let it rip and and 
you know, be able to throw to everybody, take some chances, get around a little bit. Uh, I think it would have been a different story, maybe. Uh, I don't defensively. I don't know what they could have done, but offensively, I, I think it's repairable, uh, just because of David Johnson. And you're right, Sam is an accurate quarterback. He's also been kind of like a, a, an average Joe for much of his career. He completes a lot of passes, but they're eight to ten yards, and that's great if you can continue to do that. But that's where you get three and outs if you don't complete those. You, you you've got to go for some splash plays, and I think I think that's a point that's been driven home. And I think I think you'll see a very non-vanilla, hopefully by their end offense this week. Well, the fans certainly weren't happy with Sam Bradford's performance, and they were pretty quick to uh, send out the Boo Birds on Sunday. And that can usually go one of two ways with the players. It can either you know, inspire them and make them want to play harder, or it can just sink them down to a further pit of despair. When you talk to the Cardinals, and I'm sure that they recognize that the boos were out there, it was hard not to hear it. What are they talking about, and how do you see them uh, forming around that? Um, I, I like the way you said it. I, I, they, they said it was deserving. They deserved it, and uh, and those are from the star players, Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson. They they said it was expected, and they, they deserve to be booed. Now, here's the thing from the boobers that uh, is a lot more dangerous than just saying boo. It's, <laughs> call, it's calling for Josh Rosen and mm-hmm. having Sam Bradford sit down. I think that's a rush to incredibly bad judgment on the fans' part. They need to just relax. It's one game. I know it was horrible. But you can't just make a, a starting change, a change of starting quarterback this quick. People are already saying it all over Twitter. I saw it. You saw it. Uh, I didn't even want to respond to any of it because I just—it's just too early to, to. You know, if you're the Buffalo Bills, okay, that's one thing. If you have Nathan Peterman, I, I get it, and you've got a rookie rate ready to start his his tenure. That's different. Mm-hmm. This is an established quarterback in a situation where the youngster Josh Rosen is is learning at the right. And, and the right pace and the right time it's too early to pull the trigger there so I, I think fans just need to chillax yeah i mean if i had a little panic meter next to me right now i guarantee they would be either hitting 10 or breaking the meter right now because everybody was freaking out the season's already over where should fans be on the so-called panic meter right now well i, I thought this team was capable of winning 10 games i think this, that last game was one of the ones I thought they'd win. So now I think they're a 9-7 and seven team at best. Uh, I'm not going to dissuade from that, but I, that means no playoffs. So if, if you wanted a playoff team, you better panic because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs now. Well, I guess jumping off the boat a little bit, aren't I? Yeah, well, you know, I, yeah, there was nothing good in that game. I can't, I can't argue with you there. I mean, that was a game I thought they'd win to get 10 wins. And if you only get nine, you usually don't go to the playoffs unless it's a, you know, the NFC is better than that now than it used to be. So the NFC South, which used to have an 8-8 eight and eight winner win the division, is not, that's, those teams are all better now. Yeah, uh, usually at 9-7, and seven, you need a pretty uh, down division. And I don't think that's going to be a down division this year. Well, at least not the, not the top team, at least. Maybe in the, maybe in the NFC East. <laughs> right, <laughs> you just yeah. don't know. You don't know, but... Um, Look, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I know one game is one game. But if you, if, if, if I think they're going to win ten and they lost one, it's, you know, uh, they're supposed to win. That, that, hey, you just lost a chance to go to the playoffs. Maybe you Got better it. win one. I didn't think you were going to win. Got to adjust your expectations for sure. So, with all that being said, when you look at this matchup coming up on Sunday in Los Angeles, do you see 
Any chance for a Cardinals upset? What's your prediction for this one? Uh, I mean, I, I think you'll see an improved Cardinal team, but I don't know if you're going to see one improved enough to beat the Rams in L.A. It could happen. Anything's possible, but I think the Rams are going to win this by 10. You know, I, 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 I might change my mind later in the week if I see something that I can see an open portion of practice. Um, you know, the health is a good sign of this team. That's the one thing they got going for them, and I do think they'll play better, but I don't think it's enough to stop Gurley, stop that defensive line. I don't think Jared Goff is all that great yet, but he could be. He had a great year last year. It's it's Gurley and the defensive line that bothered me. Yeah, when I look at this matchup just on paper, at least, it's hard to find an area where the Cardinals win and have an advantage on any of the matchups. Do you see anything that the Cardinals have an advantage over the Rams in any area in this game? Not really. Not really. <laughs> They don't. I, mean, I, I hate to say that, but it's true. I mean, the Rams are loaded. The only thing about the Rams I don't like is I, there's so many intense personalities on that team that I worry the same thing that happened to the Seahawks could happen to the Rams in terms of, you know, me, me, me. There's not enough room in this locker room for all these big-headed personalities, and that could blow up on a team once they start having some uh, some failures. So, if they keep winning, everything should be fine. But as we saw in Seattle, they were winning, and it wasn't fine. Well, we'll see. It sounds like it could be a pretty ugly game, but, you know, it's week two of the NFL season. Anything can happen. Even the great teams can stumble, uh, especially in September. So thanks so much for joining us here, Bob. Uh, you all can follow him on Twitter, at AZBobbyMack, for all the latest updates from practice and from L.A. throughout the week. Uh, thanks again, Bob. Have a great week. Thanks, Ryan. All right, columnist Kent Summers on the line for us now. i got an honest question for you that's going to sound sarcastic. Was there anyone you thought played well for the Cardinals on Sunday against Washington? Yeah, yeah, I thought Andy Lee, the punter, did a fabulous job. <laughs> uh, 53, 54-yard average, 48 or something net. So, yeah, they, they punted the ball really well. And, Big uh, punters. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, Christian Kirk had a nice uh, punt return of 44 yards. That looked promising. So other than that, Larry Fitzgerald did his usual Larry Fitzgerald things. But other than that, it was slim pickings. Yeah, obviously it was not a good game for just about anybody on the Cardinals. Um, But which area was more disappointing to you, the offense or the defense? I think the defense, I expected more out of the defense early in the season. I, I kind of was thinking the offense might struggle early, maybe not that badly, you know, running, what, 14 plays in the first half or whatever. But, yeah, the defense, I think, was a real disappointment uh, when judged against expectations. And and uh, it was really difficult to find somebody on that side of the ball who played well other than, you know, probably Josh Bynes, inside linebacker, I thought, you know, everybody else at best was average, and a, and a few guys had really bad games. Are you thinking this is just more of a real bad week one, or is this a sign of what this team will be for the rest of the season? Boy, I don't know. I, 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 I tend to lean towards it was just a bad game and that snowballed on them, um, and uh, they, they just couldn't get out of it. But if you know, if that's an indication of what we're going to see this season, it's it's really uh, should be frightening for Steve Wilkes and company. Um, you know, a coach, Weisel coach, told me you know years ago that you know out of a 16 game season, you're going to play you know probably four great games. You're going to play eight or so average. You know where you're you know you're you know you are who you are, and then you're probably going to play three or four that just absolutely 
stink, and, and the Cardinals hope that this one's in that latter category. I asked Bob this question earlier, so I'll ask you, uh, without influencing the results, I won't say what he said, but if we had a panic meter here and it was on a scale of 1 to 10, where should Cardinals fans be at this point after that game? Um, I would think, you know, probably a 3 or a 4. Wow. I, I don't I don't put a lot. You know, I think the, the worst predictor of what's going to happen this week in the NFL is what happened last week. And, and I've just seen too many times one team look great one week and then awful the next and and vice versa. I mean, so it would not surprise well, it would surprise me if the Cardinals went into the Coliseum and won. But it would not surprise me if they went in there and played well and if that was a close game. Yeah, it was just such a hard game to judge off, which is because, as you said, the offense was barely on the field. And we knew they were going to run the offense through David Johnson. But on Sunday, it looked like they were going to only run plays for David Johnson. And it seemed like Washington saw that and decided to just focus on him and then dared Bradford to beat them with somebody else. So since that worked so well for them, do you think that that's going to be a plan for other teams going forward? And where do the Cardinals turn for help? Yeah, I think it will be a plan until they uh, open up the passing game and and start throwing the ball down the field more than, you know, six or 10 yards. It was a continuation of what we saw in the preseason, a a lot of short passing game, a lot of checkdowns. And I don't know if that was a function of uh, Bradford being unwilling to take some chances or if that was the game plan or if receivers you know, not uh, not named Fitzgerald, can't get open, and Bradford just had nowhere to go. Um, but, yeah, that's got to change. It's, it's just too hard in the NFL to drive the ball 60, 70, 80 yards often enough to win games. You, you, just, you just can't do it. You have to have some chunk plays. And, you know, after that first game, you wonder where those are going to come from. It didn't seem like David Johnson himself had a great game either. He dropped a couple passes and then just kind of – didn't find any room in the running game after that first initial drive. Do you think that there was just kind of, you know, a perfect storm of nerves and first game back in a while for him, or is he just not quite the same David Johnson we saw from two years ago? I think I think there's probably some rust, and he probably has to get into a rhythm. You know, he didn't play very much in the preseason. They took it easy on him, and, you know, and I think a running back has to play a little bit and has to see things and, and you know, and, and, and sort of reset that vision and that feel for full speed football. And, and the, you know, as you said, the first possession was pretty promising. Uh, I thought there were a couple of runs he could have got even more out of, and maybe we'll see that David Johnson of 2016. There's really no reason we shouldn't. I mean, it was a dislocated wrist last year. It wasn't a, a torn ACL. I mean, and he's, fully healthy and now off the vegan diet that had him lose so much weight last year. And he looks like the David Johnson of 2016. So, and, and I, I like the offensive line as a run blocking unit. I thought one of the biggest disappointments I saw last week was Mike Upati, um, judging by how he played in the preseason. I, I thought he was really back to the level he was at when he was with the 49ers, but um, you know, from what I saw last week, he really struggled at left guard and, and that, that can't happen this week. Not, not against the Rams and Aaron, Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue. Yeah. Now we get the, uh, powerful team full of guys who I don't think are going to be on going on the vegan diet anytime soon. <laughs> um, the powerful Los Angeles Rams in Los Angeles. How do you see the Cardinals stacking up in this one? Cause it looks like a major mismatch when you just look at it on paper. Yeah, it, it it really does. I mean, they've you know the Cardinals have a rookie center, Mason Cole, who's got to direct everything against that front that includes Sue and Donald and Michael Brockers. 
Um, you know, they've upgraded the secondary with Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib at, at, at cornerbacks. I mean, they don't really seem to have a weakness. You know, the Raiders hung with them last week until they made a couple of mistakes and the Ram adjusted at halftime and really wore them down. But I, I think the Cardinals are going to have to get something out of their passing game. Uh, you know, one thing the Cardinals did well last week was block the edges pretty well in, against the pass. And if they give Bradford a little bit of time and if he's willing to look downfield, um, you know, maybe maybe that's the, the way to beat this team. But they, they do have to get David Johnson going. They they have to be able to run the ball against this team. No, no doubt about it, because if they if they fall behind and the Cardinals certainly don't look like a team that's going to be good at coming from behind this this year. But if they fall behind by a couple of scores, this this could get really ugly. It seems like everyone, and now yourself included, wants to open up the passing game, take more shots downfield. It just kind of seems like this week would be a real bad week to do that with, as you mentioned, Peters and Tlaib, Sue and Donald, or is that just really their only chance of winning a game like this? Well, I think I think probably they have to, you know, the only way to do that is to be able to run the ball and, and do some play action. I would like to see them maybe be a little more diverse running the ball, some some jet sweeps. Um, you know, I know Bradford's not really a, a read option kind of guy, but, you know, implement some of that uh, into the offense. I think, you know, J.J. Nelson, their speed guy, has got to play more than one play uh, on offense. And, you know, and, and their defense has got to play a lot better. I, I think to a large extent it could be a field position game for the Cardinals, or at least they would want to turn it into that. You know, uh, don't let the Rams march for long distances and, and, you know, and try to win a punting game with Andy Lee and, and see if Christian Kirk can flip a field for you. And the Rams are kind of like the Cardinals in that they're built on their offensive side around a really good running back in Todd Gurley. And obviously last week, the Cardinals had a real hard time stopping anybody that was running the ball, uh, including, you know, the uh, corpse of Adrian Peterson. So <laughs> what can they do to be better on that side of the ball? Is it a schematic thing or is it they don't have the horses that can really stop the run inside? I don't know how much of it is is scheme, although I do think Jay Gruden, uh, Washington, really outcoached them last week. I mean, they did not look ready defensively for a lot of what Washington um, was doing. But I, I think mostly it's guys have to play better. You know, you start with Dayon Buchanan at inside linebacker. That was one of his worst games in a while. And and maybe it's because he's coming off injury. It's been a while since he played full speed football, but he just was not very good either against the pass or the run. And and I would imagine the Rams will try to get Todd Gurley matched up against him in the past game, but Dayon has to be much, much better though. You know, and the front four, I think has to be better. You know, I thought we saw flashes from Chandler Jones. Um, but I think they could, they could play the run much better about the only one of the front seven who played really well was, was Josh Bynes at, at inside linebacker. So with all that said, bottom line, what's your prediction for this one? I just don't think the Cardinals are good enough to go in the Coliseum and beat the Rams, but I think it could be closer um, than a lot of people expect. So I'm going to say um, I'm maybe Rams like 26, 21. I think maybe the Cardinals get a special teams touchdown or some kind of uh, a defensive turnover that goes for a touchdown. That's I know people are asking, how are they going to get 21 points? I think that's how they get to 21 points. That makes sense. All right, everyone, you can get all this and more by following Kent on Twitter at Kent Summers. Thanks for taking the time again. Kent, have a great trip to L.A. Thanks, Ryan.